So this is Fresh Hop Cinema, but before we get to the show, I'm going to tell you about Patreon.com, which is a way for you to support this show for like four bucks a month if you want. That's the cost of a cup of coffee, and we give you a whole bunch of stuff right back. We let you come to our events, you get bonus content. Uh, am I missing anything major? Uh, our undying love and affection. Oh, that should have led with that one. Because we totally couldn't do this without your guys' support. Yeah, it's great. It's you go to just patreon.com slash fresh hop cinema. You find out more there. Uh, but until then, enjoy this here episode. Why don't we begin? This is Fresh Hop Cinema. Hello, the wide internet of people. And this is, all of you. And everybody that's hearing this not on the internet. I don't know if that's even possible. Oh, yeah. I don't know how you if do you that. listen from the future and it's been recorded on a tape deck to hear in the past and you sent it to your grandpa in 1940 and he's like, what is the internet and what is everything? What is a podcast? <laughs> uh, hello, this is Fresh Hop Cinema. It's a podcast about craft beer and film. Um... If you are the grandpa in 1942, podcast is like a show um, that's like a talk show <laughs> on the radio, but the radio is the internet, and the talk show is uh, less formal than that. This particular one is about craft beer, which is also a thing you probably don't know, um, and film, which you're just getting the hang of now in mm-hmm. the 1940s yeah. uh, with sound. Yeah. So if you're done killing Nazis, hopefully you can enjoy this podcast. Unless this is like early, well, no, I guess you'd be killing, yeah, there's been Nazis well, in there anyways. 1938 is when the World War II kicked off. So Unless we send it to a Nazi grandpa. Man, if you're done killing Americans or Jewish <laughs> this is a weird way to start. Oh, if, is, if that's who you are, get out of here. You don't deserve this. That's fair. You're also going to lose the war. This podcast is not for so you. So get on the right side of history. That's right. My soon-to-be friend or mm-hmm. not. Yeah. Not C, friend. Not okay. All right. Uh, so we've touched on Nazis. Sure. Already. We're <laughs> a minute in. I love it. So in case you guys have never listened, the show has a format and the format is a three part thing that we do. The first part, we talk about a beer and the movie in, in very, wait, no, no, we don't. You're on a roll. This is why us. you do yeah. the housekeeping. You're right though. We do talk about our first beer in the first segment. And then we also talk about ourselves. In this case, Johnny and I haven't seen each other for a couple of weeks. We recorded our last, uh, last week's episode on Marvel's infinity war a week in advance and we talk about what's got us hot and bothered, what's going on in our lives. Then we take a short break. We come back and we talk about our movie. This week we're covering Tully. Uh, we do not give any spoilers yet because if you haven't seen the movie, we don't want to ruin it for you. Uh, then we go straight into our third segment called The Danger Zone, which is where we do spoil the movie. Like we've all just come out of the theater and we're talking about it over our second beer. Uh, and then we talk about that beer as well. And that's basically Fresh Hop Cinema in a shell of nuts. Yeah. So let's start cracking them. Yeah, well, let's get let's get to uh, to this here beer. You brought these. Uh, this is a brewery you told me you discovered while you were in Tennessee. Yeah. Yet it is a brewery from Irvine, California. I had to go really far to discover a brewery from California. That's what it is. What is this brewery? So this brewery is called Evans Brewing Company, and they're out of Irvine. Irvine, right? Yeah. Yep. Why, why did I think it was Irving? I actually, well, the, yeah, is, I could see that. There's the, the G instead of the E. Yeah, is there Irving. a place called Irving? No, there's a guy called Irving. Yeah, right? it's just like an right. old dude name. Yeah, for sure. Um, so this this first one we're drinking is their double IPA. I got it because the can's so cool. Yeah, it's a it's a cool can. All of their can art is really cool, but this one in particular, it's like two. It reminds me of Krieger from Archer. Mm. You remember? No, you know I don't know that. Oh, that's right. You don't watch Archer. Yeah. Well, there's like a mad scientist, and he kind of looks like that guy. 
And he's also like a low-key Nazi. Yeah, it's these two hop-headed so, dudes. Yeah, and they're like, heads they're are like, made of hops. And lab coats, and one's got a crazy beard, and, and one's got a mustache. And they both say Dr. Hops. There you go. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, I'm excited to try it. We were we were sipping for fun um, another beer before, and we just finished that. I don't think we should get into it, but it was tasty. Whoa. Wow. It's so windy outside. I wonder if that picked up with all the, the post-production. There's it? crazy wind gusts going yeah. on, and in case you're wondering why I sound like this, that's probably why. Yeah, which I think we'll get to when we get hot and bothered. Yeah, yeah. most of Chico just sounds like just, they yeah. have a cold right yeah. now. Uh, anyways, this beer is an 8.4% double IPA rated 91 IBUs. That is International Oof. Bitterness Unit, if you uh, didn't know. Yeah. Um, do you want to you wanna give it your first? Did you try this when you were in Tennessee? This no. This particular one? I drank the, they had it, but I was drinking the dark beers. Okay, cool. Because when I was out there, dude, it was a very hop forward event mm -hmm. and area. Sure. It was really hard to find dark beers on draft anywhere. Right. And also like at the Craft Brewers Conference, their, where they were serving their beers was... These two were the only dark beers in the whole conference. He's pointing to a couple beers on the table that we're going to probably get to later in the episode. Yeah, I wasn't sure if we're going to do them both. I'm not sure either, So, but they are two dark beers. One's, a, I think, a porter and a stout. Chocolate porter and a Russian imperial stout. So, yeah, we'll, we'll get to one of those. But, yeah, so you didn't get to try this one. What do you think of your, your initial impression? Oh, wow. With your allergy taste buds and whatnot, if you have that. My nose is fairly clear. Oh, it's yeah, mainly good. just in my chest. Great. Where it's nice and healthy. Right. Uh, this beer is super... Not as bitter as it seems. Mm, like really, ninety one. I was like, oh, that's going to be really bitter, but it's really well balanced with the malts and a little bit of that. You know, the malty sweetness balances those hops out, and it's not crazy bitter on the finish. It finishes dry, but it's not like melt your face off bitter. Yeah, and also this is from by the looks of it and the smell. I haven't tasted it yet, but it looks like a true West Coast IPA. Yeah, and comes off that way. Yeah, ton of hop presence right on the nose. Real clear, golden yellow, nice and bubbly and. A pretty good head retention on it. It looks. I'm excited. I'm gonna stop talking so I can taste it. But. Yeah, definitely like resiny. You get a huge, huge hot bite, but it really isn't too much. That's that's super well balanced. I'm actually very impressed with this beer. Yeah, you get a little like earthy pininess mm -hmm. um, towards the end. I'm gonna read what they have on their website about this. They say, uh, in keeping with their uh, their mad scientist graphic, they say, "Eureka, we've done it. Our top scientists have been working day and night to create the perfect double IPA." With full floral nose and a strong pine flavor, this beer is the powerhouse of our brewery, just like the mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell. <laughs> Throw in some science. I love it. Yeah. No, I really like this beer. I I dig it too. I'm I'm gonna need a little time to sit with it, but I think I think this is pretty good. Yeah, this is one that I would definitely lean towards. You know, if I'm wanting some West Coast, I'm gonna cough. Oh yeah. So Johnny's <coughs> been uh, been been afflicted with allergies yeah. of late. Yeah. I'm going to um, say something every time you cough. I'm going to throw out a fun fact. Do it. From now on. Yeah, I will be taking cough breaks. Yeah. I should have taken a whole bunch of NyQuil before I came over. Yeah, but then you get the that'd, the NyQuil effect. That'd be fun, though. That'd, that'd, be, a, that'd be an episode. That'd be like the, what was it, the Infinity War episode where I was on that allergy medication and you the, thought I was stoned? Dude, I did. I don't did I, I don't think I said that on the air, but... I don't know. Well, I'm saying it on the air. Yeah. I, was I, saying, I like, felt stoned. Like, we just went on an unusual amount of tangents. Like, and you were saying, like, you say random stuff. We both say random things. Yeah. But it was like, in a, it was like a, a lot of them. And I was like, are, and you, I was, are you all right? I was really enjoying it, <laughs> yeah. too. I was like, yeah. just enjoying hearing myself talk right. about whatever the hell. I don't even remember. Yeah, I yeah. don't know. So anyways, I'm, I'm laying off the, the nasal spray. Yeah, and it was just like just over-the-counter like allergy nose spray. Yeah, it was like generic flow nase. Right. Yeah, I might take it before bed, though. Yeah, that seems smart. Zonk out. Now, also, it seems to me that like when allergies happen, it's the worst when you're sleeping or when you're trying to sleep. Yeah. Because you're laying back and it's like draining. Yeah, and a lot of times for me, lungs. like if I have congestion, 
I'll have to like start sleeping with my mouth open. Yeah. Ugh. And your lips get chapped. Yeah, and Ugh. then you're just it's not good. Yeah. So that's uh, what's got me bothered. Unlike this beer, though. Yeah. Because this beer is good. Yeah. Do you want to? Uh, do you want to go ahead and rate it, or are we not quite there yet? No, it's like a solid eight. Oh yeah. Yeah, I like it. All right, I think I'm more floating in like the the six point eight yeah. range. Yeah, I'm not I'm not digging everything about it. It's it's not leaving with a great taste in my mouth. Okay, it's good while I'm drinking it, but then after I've let it sit for a minute, it's uh, um, I don't know. It just doesn't finish super cleanly for me, which I'm not I'm not a huge fan of. And to be fair, all of my ratings will be coming with the asterisk of being not fully tasted. Sure. I'm sure my palate's a little wonky right now. I mean, it's really good. I it's well, it's it's what's what's more good, really or very? Really, quite very. Yeah, like if I wanted, like is is very better than really? Because I said really good, but maybe I mean. Very. I think very's a little better. Very's better, huh? Yeah, uh, it's pretty good. Okay, there we go. Pretty good is less than than really, really or which is very. Less, correct. Yeah. Um. So that's the bronze medal of goodness. Yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, Six point eight for me. All right. Um. No, I like it. Yeah, <clears throat> it was one that I would recommend if someone was looking for just a good hop forward sixteen ounce can. Yes. Um. So if you didn't know, we are a Chico, California based podcast, and we are going to tell you right now where you can find this around here and what it's going to cost you if you're if you're in other places in California. I mean, Irvine's a little ways away from us, so I think it's pretty safe to assume that it's probably available between Irvine and here, if not further both directions. Yeah, and I know you can get it in Tennessee. There you go. Yeah, so I they seem to distribute pretty well. But what is this going to cost you for for a sixteen ounce can? John? So just one can of this over at good old Spikes Bottle Shop is going to cost you four dollars. Yeah, which is which is about industry standard, I think, for for small batch, not super well distributed uh, beers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean four bucks for a pint of beers yeah. is a good deal, and especially in a situation where you're like splitting it with a friend, try it for research or science. In yeah, this case, exactly, uh, it seems like a pretty good deal. Um. So if you do get a chance to try this beer, you can find us and let us know what you think. We always love to hear what people think of the beers that we drink. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook, all at Fresh Hop Cinema. Or if you're on Patreon, like you heard at the top of the show, we can just talk to you at our next event. And then we can just drink one and do it on the fly as well. Exactly. You want to talk about what's got us hot and bothered this week? I do. I've got a lot of hot. Oh, yeah? And a lot of bothered. I do too. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to take like two hots, maybe three. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. And then one bothered. Let's do it. <clears throat> Start with bothered though. We've done this. My allergies. Yeah. For and sure. getting sick while like after you're traveling. Like I'm stoked I didn't get sick uh or come down with a cold or whatever this is, you know, like before I got to Nashville. But that'd be the worst. The day after we got back, I woke up and was like, My throat hurts and I'm wheezing. This is awesome. It's ugh. Yeah. So the whole week back, because we've been back for what, five days now. Yeah. Uh it's been very miserable. So yeah, just working, and then the wind. It's like I walked out on my front porch this morning, and there was a tornado <laughs> of pollen. It's like it's one of those days. It was about ten feet high, and it, no, there was like leaves in it. Yeah, it was kind oh, really? of yeah, it was oh. a legit little whirlwind thing. It was terrifying because it sucks. was just made of pollen and leaves and little twigs, and mm-hmm. I was like, ah. it's just an allergy nado. Yeah, it's just like that's what I'm dealing with today. Yeah. So, and I'm starting a bunch of uh, vegetables on my front porch. And, oh, are you doing that? And my pumpkin plant. Fell over and the top part broke off. So I was pretty, I was sucks. pretty bummed about yeah. that. You I, love, was, I assume you love pumpkins. Yeah. You have a jack-o'-lantern tattoo. Yeah. Tattoon? Tattoon. Tattoon. <laughs> have a tattoo. Yeah, yes, it'd be kind of cool. Like I'm doing tomatoes and basil and watermelons. Word. And, excuse me. But uh, so that's definitely got me down. Yeah. What? Or bothered. Bothered. Down whatever. Bothered. Same idea. What yeah. did I say was going to be mine? 
What's got you down? It was something that got us both oh, bothered. Oh, MoviePass. Right, MoviePass. Okay, so I'm going to do my bothered now. Do it. MoviePass is something that we've kind of passingly spoke about on this podcast before, but if you don't know what it is, it's the subscription you can subscribe to uh, for $9.95 a month. That's a subscription you can subscribe to if you like subscriptions. I love that quality and a good yeah. subscription. Right. Um, so for $9.95 a month, you get to – this is their marketing pitch. They're like, you can see as many movies as you want. That's it. Mm-hmm. One, one a day. One a day. That's right. And so there's fine brothers. Like you can only see one a day. Um, no 3D. No 3D. No uh, XD in, yeah. in our case and whatever. So there's a couple stipulations, but for the most part, it's a great deal. Every now and again, they change it up. They'll be like, like recently they had it for months. It was like, no more. You do not get just the movie thing. You also have to purchase uh, an unlimited subscription to iHeartRadio. So it was like 40 bucks a month and you could only see like... Um, I don't remember what the deal was. It was like one movie. It was it was like considerably less movies. And that was for when you signed up right then. Right. It so we it didn't yeah. affect us. So we've had it for a while and you got grandfathered in to the original plan, which I was like, perfect. That's mm-hmm. awesome. But I updated my app today when I went to go see uh the movie Tully. And what happened was on every movie I'd already used MoviePass on, it said, You've already seen this movie. Yeah. And then it did not let me pick those movies, which is a bummer because there's some movies that I'd like to see more than once. For free. Yep. Well, for the subscription deal, right? Yeah, not for free, but just to take advantage of right. the service. Part of the reason I signed up for the deal was for situations like this. Mm-hmm. Like I've seen Infinity War twice now. Mm-hmm. It's on an IMAX, so I couldn't have used MoviePass because of the stipulation of the enhanced viewing experience. But, you know, maybe, maybe if I want to see Tully again, now I cannot do it without paying for the ticket. Yeah. But Johnny and I were talking before the episode. is like, well, they're probably trying to sustain their business model. And if my sacrifice is that I can't see movies twice, but I can still go to see different movies, yeah. I'm fine with it. Like, I can still go see everything in the theater. But it did rub me the wrong way. <clears throat> no, it was irritating at first. And then I'm like, well, I would never. But I've known people that have totally gone to see a movie and then bought other people tickets for that movie and given mm. them to them because sure. they knew they were going the next day. I think I think whoever's doing that is the reason that MoviePass is losing that So money. <laughs> Yeah, so I saw that and yeah. I was like, oh. They don't want people to do that. Yeah, right. Which makes sense, Which I guess. it totally does. Yeah. I mean, and there's still that loophole of, like, you can still, you know, hook your friends up with Ticket. Like, you, yeah, if you have a friend that has terrible taste and only wants to see Rampage. Yeah, which uh, neither of us are going to use our yeah, movie pass for. Right? So go, yeah. So we wouldn't do it. No, allegedly. Someone would. <laughs> allegedly, it's a possibility. No, it's definitely a thing. I mean, yeah. allegedly, but we would obviously never do it. No. Somebody else might. Yeah, we're honest podcasters yeah, here. exactly. I only lie, cheat, and steal in life not with apps so we're looking for a movie pass endorsement here so yeah movie pass if you're listening we, we're not doing it guys. no we're not giving people no. ideas and we're definitely not doing that we're saying don't do that yeah if you're a garbage human grandpa in 1940 if you're listening yeah. movie pass is if, like this thing if you're a nazi grandpa you're probably doing this yeah this is a nazi grandpa move absolutely we should just title this episode nazi, nazi grandpa, grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> we used to uh, we used to make our descriptions for this this will be a fun episode description if you're listening now and you're a person that's like i don't read the episode descriptions read this one Let's make a note of making yeah, it good. Yeah, I think so. So that's a good bothered though, because I mean, it's anytime. And one thing that bothers me is if I use an app like this or something, you know, to purchase something, or it's it's mm-hmm. an interaction that mm-hmm. I need my app to work right with. Yeah. When you have to update your app before you like can doing use the it, thing that's so annoying. So this well, that happened to me a little while ago. Like I was going to see, um, what was it? It might have been Infinity War. Yeah. Or it might have been the movie we saw the week before, but like I was going to the movies and it said update your app, so I updated it. But then 
um, apparently I didn't know my password. Yeah, that happened to me. And so, yeah, and I told you this. And like I had to send the like request a reset link to my email, but it took like a day and a half to show up. Uh, so I ended up just, you know, buying the ticket and watching the movie, but it was my, real frustrating. My reset email password never came because mm-hmm. they had a typo in my email address. Right. So like little stuff like that. Yeah. I think, I mean, it's a very new service. They've been around for like a year now. Well, They've been around for a little bit longer, but they've been really prominent for like a year and a half. Yeah. So they're working out some kinks. Yeah. They they still. they became massively relevant really quickly. Yeah. When they, they went cause, viral. Because, I mean, in case you don't know that MoviePass used to be like 50 bucks a month. And really? it was way less popular. And then the big deal was when I first heard about it, there was an article in the Sack B, I believe, about it because they lowered their price from $50 a month to 10 Which is crazy. That's a huge drop. So I mean, they must have been bleeding. Yeah, they must have been like, like, well, it's either this or go bankrupt. Right. You know, so, I mean, it's still a great service. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. just basically apps not working the way you want. Like, prime example, I was in Nashville, tried to, excuse me, get an Uber, update the app, mm-hmm. then enter all your information, yeah, had to so re-enter my credit card. Assuming like, you've been drinking. Yeah. No, actually, it was uh, from the airport. Oh, there you go. So, well, yeah. Well, so I had drinking. been drinking. <laughs> Let me yeah, retrain. Right, yes. Right. So it was very annoying. So, like, just having a, to update the apps, it's just dumb. Yeah, it's it's not great, but I understand the necessity for it in certain, like in Uber, if you, like, like you know, maybe you have to update because your card is expired. And it's like, well, you got to do it. Yep. Um. All right. <clears throat> do you want to do? Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna hot. do a couple hots. Yeah, what's got you hot, man? We got All a couple right. minutes here. Yeah. So this is directly related to you. Oh, thanks, man. Uh, I'm gonna read a fan. I'm excited for this one. I'm gonna read a fan email right now. Oh, good. Sure. Have you seen the email? Uh, yeah, I think so. Who? Which okay. one are you thinking of? So this is a, an email so from our our. I know it's hard right. to sift through, right, right, right. but this one really stood out. It's from friend of the show Nick Land. Yes, I responded to this. No, you didn't. Yeah. Well, I responded from my personal email. Okay. Yeah. So but, sorry. Go ahead. And well, if you're going to say what you replied, you can take over. No, 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 go ahead. Anyways, I just want to read the email because it was really cool. He told me a story while I was at Burgers and Brew, and I'm like, you have to put that in an email so I can shout it on the show. Oh, cool. I didn't know that. It's pretty cool. He's like, I'm going to do it now. I'm like, do it now while you're sober uh, because he has never emailed this show sober. So Nick Nick is our most, I want to say, correct me if I'm wrong, but like our most consistent emailer. Yep. Um. He, We've received, let's say, hundreds of emails. Oh, from, for sure. For like sure. <laughs> he likes to listen to the episodes and drink eat, with us and drink with us. It's ideal. And email in his thoughts. That's like, great. I it's, get. We yeah. basically get notes on the episodes from him. Yeah, it's amazing. It's pretty cool. Be like Nick. So this this email starts long time first time. We should unpack that in case you've never heard a radio show. It's like a, a, a long-time listener, first-time writer, which is also not true for Nick. That's yeah. the joke. The joke is long-time emailer, first-time sober emailer. Right. Uh, so him and his lady, they were on a road trip to Mendocino last weekend for a great, relaxing couple days off, and he wanted to share a moment that happened on their trip. Quote, as we were driving, we lost radio service and switched to CDs that were in our disc changer. Because so, he still got a CD changer. I do too. I don't have a changer. It's that's baller move when you have like fifty CDs and a changer yep. in the trunk. Right. It's like whatever's next. Let's yeah. go. I have one of those too. It's just called an iPod. Right. Sure. Whatever. Right. Anyways, uh, so he shouts out a couple bands here. He started out with some Beastie Boys, went into some Chronic two thousand one, mm-hmm. immediately followed by Max Minardi. That's me, everybody. Yeah. His lady was like, "Who's this?" I told her that it was Max, and she was very surprised. Boom. Yeah, fine. <laughs> I like the surprise part. I did too. That's nice. Like she was surprised. He's actually really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> so apparently, she loved it. That's great. And they ended up listening to that CD 
the rest of the weekend. So that was their soundtrack for a whole weekend at the beach. And it's really cool because you guys have been friends for a while and maybe he hadn't really gone deep into your music or yeah. whatever. And it's like discovering another facet of somebody that you already know. And it's pretty cool. Yeah. So. I, I feel like when I'm in, when I'm in podcast mode, I forget that I have an alternate identity that is like a musician that travels and stuff, which is your primary identity. It is, I guess. Yeah. But when I'm here, it feels like this is, no, this is it. Like yeah. this is where we're at and this is what my life's about, which is great. And it's a lovely feeling to have that for both things. Absolutely. Um, so I'm going to do one hot as well. Um, and then you got one more after that? Yeah, I think so. Two. Cool. One or two? Yeah. Two more. Yeah, well, I'm so full of hotness. Word. I've been in uh, in Reno again this week. I went uh, to support my friend and musician Kyle Williams, which I do frequently. And we had, I will say, an extremely unusually fun week. Like usually there's there's moments that are great. Um, but there it was like day in and day out were these memorable, like worth taking photos of moments. Um, and one of them was exploring. I'm a big fan of like going out and hiking and finding new places. Have you been to the Diamond Match Plant? Nope. Dude. But I would. Is that that's around here? Yeah. Yeah. Where they used to float the logs down? No. Um. Yeah. But there's like a big old abandoned building you can go explore. Let's do that tomorrow. It's, it's that sounds. Cool. That sounds great. It's yeah. Cool. Especially like abandoned stuff. That's. Yeah. I love it. Oh yeah. So speaking of which, we went so around Donner Lake, um, which is just outside of Truckee. There's you if you look up above the lake from the freeway. There's these old. There's these like big, you don't really know what they are, but they're like these big tunnel looking things. Um, turns out they're abandoned train tracks. What? Um, yeah, they were first made in the early 1900s. I did some research for this and uh, later demolished to make train tracks lower to the ground where the freeway is and for, for reasons. Anyways, these tracks were abandoned, destroyed, but the tunnels were left. So there's like these miles of tunnels up on the mountain. You got you to gotta climb up a little ways to get there. That sounds awesome. Um, I think it's like around seven and a half thousand feet. Elevation wise. Damn. Um, but inside the tunnels, all this graffiti and our friend that took us there named Kagan, shout out if he ever hears this, um, has gone a few times and he was telling us that people come, graffiti artists specifically come from like all around to tag these walls and it's just like crazy, awesome graffiti and it's just this neat feeling of like abandoned but kind of culturally current. Yeah. Um, and we went at the time of year where there was like still kind of snow but it was thawing, so you had frozen waterfalls inside the tunnel. Oh, cool. Um, I it, saw some pictures yeah, on your Instagram. It was great. It was one of my favorite things I've ever explored near Reno. That's pretty for cool. Sure. That's like some place you'd go back to because there's probably more of those. Yeah, no, it was, uh, It was. yeah, I mean, there's like miles and miles of these tunnels. Um, so I, we only explored like one, and it was like a mile long, but there's tons of them. So new hobby. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Got to go explore all of them and also get good at graffiti. Right. So yeah, that's, and it's like, just like nobody regulates it. There's no cops up there. like don't graffiti. It's just like a thing that people do. I wonder if people ever like live up there in the summer when it's not snowy and cold, you could totally like go squat up there. So yeah, we saw some people walk through the tunnel that were like full backpacking gear. And I was like, where are you going? But I feel like maybe they were just camp. We saw some old fires too. looked at what looked like old fire locations. Yeah. It'd be cool to go in there when it was dark, as I was saying to, to the group we were with. I think I with would. Like a torch. Yeah. Just like go through the caves. Maybe a gun. Yeah. Free you roll gun. up there in the, like su in the big, summer. A machete or something. Yeah. Yeah. Oof. That could get sketchy. Yes. But also awesome. Right. That's like some catacomb stuff. Yeah. Dude, kind of off topic, but also relevant. Uh, I was re listening to a podcast and they were talking, of, they referenced, I believe it was an article or a, a documentary about all the people that live in the tunnels underneath Las Vegas. Oh, really? Yeah, there's like 300 miles, because they were going to put in, I guess, like a subway system or something, and yeah. it never happened. 
So there's like a ton of people that live underneath Las Vegas. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Like so many. I don't, makes me also still not want to go to Vegas. No, it makes me very queasy. Yeah. There's this, just this unregulated like just, city. Just, like, uh, what is the movie? I don't like it. Robocop, I think. Where, uh, where Sylvester Stallone is the cop and like Taco Bell is very fancy, but there's like this whole system of tra- tra- trotted, trotted upon. Demolition Man. Oh yeah, that's what it is. Demolition Wesley Man. Wesley Snipes. You. Yes. So good. But there's like that society underground, mm-hmm. but they're like poor, but also the only people with decency. Right. That's what I think of. Well, I'm sure they're nice people over there in Vegas, right. but maybe I would be worried about like finding like people in the tunnels that are sketchy. Yeah. Like most of the graffiti was chill, but there was one that was just like, you could tell like they were like shaking when they wrote it in spray paint. It said like, I can't think of the guy's name, but it was like, I killed Jimmy. His body's in the river. I'm sorry. That's it. It was like, are oh. you kidding me? I, yeah. There was just, I looked at it for a minute. And I was like, I'm going to keep walking. Just going to. Ooh, Keep going. That like almost gave me goosebumps. It's like, yeah. It's like, why would you write that? It's not artistic. It's just like someone's like needs to get that out of their system. You know, it's wow. Also, there were points I walked back on the top of the tunnel mm-hmm. and there are points where you could, you could see a river. It's like, man, that's plausible. Jimmy might be down there. Mm. Anyways, uh, before we go to break your stuff, what you got? What's got you hot? I oh. t- took it a grim way. The tunnels were great. The yeah. trip was great. All okay. right. Your turn. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Well, obviously, I can't have you quitting the show. So, I've taken a very, very, very deep you and gotta serious give some dive. Did I say that on air? Or did no, you... that was a text. Yeah, you got to um, clarify then. Yeah. So Max said that if I didn't do this as one of my hots this week, that he would quit the show. So my hot this week is The Office Boom. because it was a show that I attempted to enjoy and abandoned very early on in the show's cr- cr- chronology. Sure. Um, you know, I, th- I don't think I even got through season one and I was like, this show is annoying. I'm, I'm done. Well, I gave it a chance. Uh, I've been absorbing episodes. Happy to say I'm now on episode, I don't remember, but like almost to season seven. Yes. I've gone hard in the paint. Yeah, dude. I mean, there's a new baby. Like so much has happened. P.P. Halpert. Yeah. Yeah. So good. Or it might be somebody else. <laughs> no, it is, was, is it was the Halpert baby. Yeah. Yeah. Great. And the wedding episode. Yeah. Oh my God. Niagara. Part one or part two? Part two. There you go. Part two got me. That's where you get the dancing in there. Yeah. The Office is like my top three. It's in my top three favorite TV shows of all time. And I understand your humor so much better now. (laughs) It's annoying. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay. This is why Max is how he is. I mean, we've talked about this on the show for, I think, the duration of how long our show's been running, which is like 70-something episodes. Yeah. Um, and Which is a long time. I don't think I've ever said that out loud. It is. That's a while. Yeah. Um, And it's always been a point of contention in my subconscious. I'm like, he doesn't like the show. Maybe we're not meant to be podcast hosts. Yeah. like this. I "I think he would like it. What's happening? (laughs) He's like, this isn't... He's like, he watches comedy. Yeah. He He knows what's funny. Right. I just, it's one of those shows that requires a ton of character development to really get into. Yes. Way more than most sitcoms. Yeah, for sure. Like, I really wasn't invested until like season three. Yeah. But now that I am, I want to go back and watch season one through three. So that's the thing about The Office is that like season one, so so Parks and Rec is an American show. Mm -hmm. It's made for Americans. The Office was made for the English. Yeah. So the degree of dryness yeah. in that damn first season is so high. And you have no background on any of these characters. Right. They're so you're, just, just, you're thrown in. And so what I was going to say is like, it's tough to get invested. But once you are, to go back and watch them in season one is so cathartic and wonderful. Oh, I bet. I can't wait to hear your your experience for that. Yeah. That's, I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to take it all the way to the end and then and then start at the beginning. 
that seems fair. Yeah. Yeah. I want to go back and watch that first season. I'm really looking forward to it. So yeah. Well, just my last thing is like before, or like I was middle of being on stage in Reno my first night and I get a text out of the blue and Johnny goes also out of context, we've been binging the office since 10 AM. I'd like to formally apologize. <laughs> I was wrong. Yep. And I said, I know you were wrong. Don't worry about it. <laughs> and then yeah. I said, if you don't make it that you're hot this week, I'm quitting the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I had just texted you something. And the also was just in addition to that. I texted you our business cards. Yeah. That's what it was. Yeah. Which, by the way, we're getting business cards. It should be here by the time we're done recording. Wow. So that's a new sound. Nobody's going to hear that, though. I hear it. And I'm scared. Mm-hmm. It's homeless people in the cave. Huh. So the office, it's dope. Watch it's it. It's dope. And let's, let's make office jokes. And now, like, me and Shalina spend a lot of time just talking about the office. It, I swear to God, it's your, it's your life from now on. That's just what oh, your it, life is now. It is. And I will never not make references to it. Yeah. You know, it's just like Parks and Rec or Seinfeld or any of like Cheers. Like I'll never not make Cheers references. Mm-hmm. It was the very first comedy sitcom that I got way into. Like yeah. if you've never watched Woody Harrelson on Cheers, it's freaking amazing. Yeah. So good. So many people got their start on that show. I'm sure other sitcoms. Yeah, for sure. Because I want to look back and see like the time frame of some of the actors in the office. And like oh, yeah. how many careers like springboard from the office. Like half of them. Really? Yes. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, do you have one more hot before we go to break? Nashville's dope. Nashville's dope. So it's going to be a long, hot, and bothered this week. Just we haven't seen yeah, each other in two fine. weeks. And we've actually been doing interesting stuff. In case we have new listeners, you went to Nashville. Yeah. I was in Nashville for five days for the Craft Brewers Conference of America and the World Beer Cup Award Ceremony, which was really cool. Who won? Is that uh, they give out 101 awards. There's 101 acknowledged beer categories. Wow. Uh, Revision actually won gold in IPA, American style IPA, and silver in, Amer- in American style double IPA. Is that right? Yeah. Damn, dude. They did really good. Great Notion won for double stack. They got like a flavored ale thing. Right. Um, yeah, it was really fun. And it was all, I was, you know, we were in the section where all the breweries and brewers and brewery reps were sitting together. So it was really fun, you know, like the guys from Breakside up in Portland were sitting at the table right right next to us and they won an award and they were freaking out. It was really, I mean, it was fun. Yeah. But yeah, overall Nashville was so cool. So much to see and do. Just tons of great music, great food. If anyone gets a chance, go visit. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you made it back safe. I'm glad somehow you haven't been coughing since we really started. Like you, you've done fairly, I hate to say that because I feel like it's going to make you cough, but. damn professional. Yep. Uh, you want to take a break and come back and talk about Tully after that? Yeah, let's do it. I need another beer anyway. So, Johnny, you've been out of town in different states trying totally different beers across the world. But if you wanted to stay in Chico and get a good variety of beer selection on draft, where would you go? I would go to the Handlebar. That's what I thought you were going to say. What yeah. is the Handlebar? The Handlebar is a really cool craft beer bar and craft food place here in Chico, California. Yeah, they're at 2070 East 20th Street, and seven days a week they have a happy hour from 2 to 6 p.m. that gets you a dollar off all their draft beers. Again, that's the Handlebar here in Chico. They're amazing. They support this podcast. You should go check them out. Have fun. Johnny, the movie Tully is what we're covering. What would you call this movie if you had to categorize it as a genre and in a couple of words, what would you sum it up as? Hmm. So this would more than likely be a drama slash character study sure. of a character played by Shirley Theron who just had their third child. Uh, and it's kind of a deep dive into kind of like postpartum depression slash mental health slash just being in a relationship and having a family. Yeah, that seems that seems right to me too. 
the reason I ask is because on IMDb, it's classified as a comedy. Not- uh, same with on uh, Box Office Mojo, which I feel is not correct. I feel like that's <laughs> massively incorrect. Uh, there is some, I mean, there are obviously some moments here, but. There were amusing moments, but it was definitely not a comedy. Yeah, so so this movie is called Tully. It came out uh, on May 10th, I want to say. Okay. And it stars Charlize Theron or Theron. I'm never sure how to say her name. Do you know? I, Theron? Charlize Theron. Theron. Yeah. Uh, and Mackenzie Davis. And yeah, so Charlize Theron's characters had three children. The third one is unplanned. And the film follows her. She kind of tries to figure out life. And it's very chaotic and um, brutally honest as to the depiction of motherhood. And it's stressful until this character played by Mackenzie Davis named Tully comes in and is their night nanny, which is basically just this person you hire to take care of your kid at night while you sleep. Cause yeah. it's very hard to get sleep as it's hard to sleep at the same time a baby sleeps. It's a they, great it's, idea. And it's actually a thing. Yeah. Which we'll get into. I did a little research on that too, but we'll get to that in a All minute. Right. Um, anyways, it, so it came out May 10th, which for us is like, no, that it, total is as of May 10th. Oh, thanks, it's man. made $4 million. May 4th. Thank you for that. Yeah. No so worries. it's been out about a week as of this recording. Yeah. Yeah. Um, made it's flying pretty low under the radar. $4.7 million runs just over an hour and a half. It's rated R um, for some very real life moments. I think. Yeah. Um, I actually disagree with the rating on this. There's some language, but it's all, it's, it's all nipples. Very, yeah. There's lots of nipples. Yeah. Well, she's breastfeeding. As, as our mothers. Like, yeah. Yeah. I, I have a problem with that. I have a problem with people demonizing nipples in I general. Do, dude. That's like, we all have nipples. Yeah, for sure. Anyways, this is directed by Jason Reitman. It's written by Diablo Cody, who's done other films like Juno and Young Adult, which was also Charlize Theron. And she has the coolest name in Hollywood. She does. So there's that. Her name's Diablo, guys. Diablo Cody. Um, so <laughs> How is her last name so I, normal? I don't know. That's what I was just thinking. It's like, like Diablo, Diablo too, Cody. Smith. Uh, supporting cast includes uh, mostly, uh, so Charlize plays Marlo, is, is the mother's name, and her husband is named Drew, played by Ron Livingston. And it's just about their whole life, like trying to figure this out and going um, going at it. What did you think of going at it? I feel like I shouldn't leave it. Like yeah. Going at having this third child. and Yeah, just figuring out how to raise three kids and maintain a relationship and be human and get enough sleep and drink yeah. enough water, just like normal human stuff. Yeah, I mean it's it's fair to point out too that they have a she has a a brother played by Mark Duplass who also has children but he's also very wealthy. So also looks a lot like her husband. So much like her husband. I had to look like four times like is are you the, I know I've seen you both in movies but are you the same person? Right? It was um, very very disconcerting. Also I yes. got beef with Ron Livingston. Oh yeah. That dude's eyebrows. Well, Did you his notice his eyebrows? Nope. One is probably a full inch higher on his head. Oh, really? I'm talking like this. He's not just expressive? Like this. Like here. Oh, yeah. Like an inch difference. Uh, no, I did not notice that Dude, at all. But very distracting. I'm fine with it. Like he's always super, like, he looks super concerned. Right. Like, he's he's giving you the questioning. eyebrow. Yeah. Super skeptical eyebrows on that right. guy. Oh, also, so there are other two kids. There's there's this kid named Jonah, and he's probably like uh, six or seven. Yeah. And he's in kindergarten, but they're in a prep school because her brother, uh, played by Mark Duplass, uh, I think his name is Craig. Uh, was like a big donor for the school, so they can't afford it, but he's there anyways. He, he has some like developmental emotional issues where he's very susceptible to loud noises and like overstimulation basically. Yeah. So that's a huge component in the movie too. It's like juggling that very attention needing child with yeah. this brand new baby. It's like, how do you, so this movie is like, there's a lot of, um, argument on the internet of, of the merits 
like from what I've read, it's there's there's two things like the accurate depiction of motherhood, which is good, versus the almost almost neglectful view on mental illness and postpartum depression and all that. Um, well, I think those two kind of go hand in hand. I think they often do as well. It's often overlooked and not acknowledged. And and like we said at the beginning of the episode, this is not something we're going to spoil yet. But in our third segment, I think we'll be able to talk about those a little bit more freely. Yeah. Uh, and cover some of the spoilers that happen later on in the film. Yeah, because there is a twist. Yeah. But in, in the meantime, um, you, you mentioned briefly before we started recording, you did not like this. Is that correct? You know, I didn't hate it, but I definitely did not like it. I will say that I watched it. <laughs> I mean, that's something. <laughs> yeah, I didn't leave. I watched it. I think uh, a couple of the performances fell a little flat for me. Is that right? Yeah. Huh. I mean, just uh, there was a little overacting in spots for me, and then like a little underacting. I don't hmm. know. It was hard to buy into Shirley's Theron's character at first. Really? For me. I didn't get that. It was, uh, I don't know. And then her husband just seemed too generic. I really wouldn't have cast him, and it just, I don't know. A lot of the the acting, I just didn't really get behind, so, eh. Yeah, oh, well, so we should unpack the husband thing a little bit. So, again, it's like this movie focuses very much on the struggle that a mom who's taking care of most of the child stuff. All the day-to-day operations. Deals with. Um, so I think I think the idea that the husband is a generic kind of husband. Yeah, maybe that's what they're going yeah, for. Yeah, it's like a pro. Like, and he's not. I was doing some reading and listening on other people's perspectives on this, and he's not like he's not so just like a token terrible husband. He's like he's doing what he can. He he's just like, doesn't know how to. He's just like you know, like you good. He's All like, right. He's like average dad. <laughs> he's like average. Yeah, and I think that's a strength because. You know, neither of us have have kids, but there's moments in their relationship where I can see how that would be an easy role to fall into. Mm-hmm. Like he he helps out with homework, and uh, at one point Charlie says, or let's just say um, Marlo says, like he, we make lunches together, and he does some of the day to day stuff. But he's like also a dad that travels a lot, and yeah, it's he's not demonized. He's just like an average guy. Yeah, and I think I don't know. I think for that reason, the casting and and the portrayal was really well done. Okay. I don't know. Yeah. I think Mackenzie Davis stole the show. Yeah, I think so too. So again, Mackenzie Davis is the one that plays a night nanny named Tully. Um, yeah, I mean, she she is such an, like the, we come into the film at a moment where this third baby is, is on the way. Obviously not. Yeah, they weren't planning on this and she's she's fit to burst, Marlo is. Mm-hmm. And it's just chaos. Like, I mean, I was cringing. The whole like first ten minutes of the movie is like this is why I don't have kids. This is why I don't have kids. This is why I don't have kids. Right. Um, and I started wondering at that point is like maybe m- maybe this movie's goal is going to be to like change my mind. And I don't think that's what it was going for. No, definitely. But it certainly doesn't harp on the traumas of having children for the whole film. But they really do establish it. So the, by the time Mackenzie Davis's character Tully comes in, I, I mean the entire film changes. I would say not trauma. I would say just the reality. Sure, but I you feel know. like reality is often trauma. That's in, true. In the, in the case of having three yeah. kids and you know, not but being fully prepared, trauma just makes it sound like a momentous bad thing That's happened. True. Yeah. So it was definitely more like the the day to day trauma, like using the same word but just in a different yeah. context, like the day to day trauma and struggle of having yeah. two and then suddenly three kids. Right. Uh, a good friend of mine, Brian McAllister, shout out, Patreon supporter, Hey, um, was telling me when they brought their youngest home, it was a very 
it, their youngest was their third. Okay. So it was really interesting. It was a very strong sense of like, well, here's a kid. Go home. Dude, and that's so crazy because like that's what they and I didn't catch on to this at first, but now that you're saying it, there's a scene where they have this baby and the pregnancy, uh sorry, the the birth sequence is very limited. Mm-hmm. You get like little snap the editing in this movie I think is great, by the way. But you have her like going through the birth and then it's like boom, baby. And you get this this flip of what you typically see in movies where it's like the husband and wife hugging, like, oh, we did it. He just like kisses her on the forehead, it's like, you did it again. Good work. We have a yeah. baby. Like it's super, he's like completely nonplussed by it. And it's yeah. just, you know, there we go. Third baby. time around the track. Yeah. You know? Um, so I'd be curious to hear the perspective of people with babies on this. Oh, I've heard that. Like it takes uh, the, the specialness kind of dwindles a little bit. Yeah. Um, like you just do it again. And it's right. way more routine than miracle. Sure. But I mean, I guess in general for the whole film, like, cause so much of the first, first act really is, is built around the stress caused by this baby mm-hmm. or that this baby causes. Um, but there's these little moments, these little vignettes. Like you think of the, the scene where she's brushing Jonah, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which we find out later is like a therapy technique for his behavioral issues to help but, with overstimulation. Yeah. But the whole thing, the whole scene there is very serene. There's nice music going on and it's like, it's like a sunset coming in. It's very warm. Mm-hmm. And there's these snapshots in there that I have to assume were done to, to kind of signify this bond that you have with your children as a mother, even in all of this chaos, there's still these, this, this thing that makes it, I don't know if I want to say worth it, but um, there's a connection there. Yeah. Like there's soft edges to the hard life. Totally. Yeah. Um, I read a, I read an article that was talking about um, it was, I can't remember where it was, but it was a mother who also hosted a blog or wrote an article and how her gut reaction whenever she is encouraged to talk about her real experience with the children is always like the spilling breast milk on you or just like the the chaos side. Mm-hmm. But then the more powerful moments are when you get to sit down and just hug your child and there's something so special about it. Yeah, or they like fall asleep on your chest. Yeah, and I think know? this movie painted those moments very well, even with all the chaos going around. Definitely. Um, so I actually, th- I thought Charlize Theron's performance was very good from from just, the. I mean, the dialogue I think is great too, but the way she carries herself in this movie, even after the baby, like she's very clearly nine months pregnant. Mm-hmm. She does a good job portraying that. But even afterwards, like, before Tully specifically, she's just beleaguered and beaten down. Like I'm not, mm-hmm. there's a scene with the, the frozen pizza. Comment, oh yeah. And she's just like, and the kid's like, what's wrong with your body? It's <laughs> just like, it's done. Like yeah. this, I can't, you know? Yeah. And that's like a, such a good analogy of, of, of motherhood for a yeah. lot of people. It's when like, your kid is like something like, I think she, the kid spilled like milk on her shirt. She just took it off and threw it on the ground and like yep. a heap and mess and, her daughter noticed and she's like, what's wrong with your body, mom? <laughs> yeah. You know, and it's it's really true that, like, you get that perspective of, like, you know, a lot of times maybe all the energy that our moms had was just to make some fish sticks. Right. You know totally, I mean? man. They're like, throw on a pot of macaroni and cheese. Yeah. This is a good episode to record the Friday before Mother's Day. There you go. Yeah, happy Mother's Day. <laughs> happy Mother's Day, guys. Um, but anyway, Tully arrives, and then and then things shift, because what Tully does is relieve the stress of that life. Basically, you have moments where Charlie Siren finally goes to bed, and it's very weird at first. Like, you're just going to be in my house while I'm sleeping, well, I guess. What's weird was the immediate comfort level that Tully had. But she, so like, that's to Mackenzie Davis's credit. I think she's got such a charisma yeah. and a warmth to her that like, I, I would trust her with kids. She I just comes in and is like, I, I tell you what, she shows, I'll let her in my house right now. Yeah. Like, she's like just, here's, she's here's so my keys. Warm. Do you want my car? Yeah. I mean, and they do kind of address that 
um, because again, it's recommended by Craig, her, her brother. And he's like, you should get this night nanny. She's like, I'm not going to let somebody else bond with my child. And he's mm-hmm. like, nope, they're hired from an agency. They're very highly recommended. And like mm-hmm. their background checked. That's actually in real life. They get background checks and all that. Yeah, it makes so sense. I assume it's the same. So you don't have to worry about that usually. But I feel like a lot of that, that comfort and the, the just being completely able to adapt to the, her home and just, mm-hmm. oh, we have everything we need. Yeah. Like, just immediately nurturing and comforting, like it's written like that. But also, I mean, that's part of that job mm-hmm. would be to just come in and immediately just handle it, be helpful, yeah. and feel makes make you feel like there's control and help. And that was pretty cool. Yeah, and I mean, it does. It starts off very much like you just go to sleep. I'll take care of the baby. And as the movie goes on, it kind of she branches out. At one point, she makes a point of saying Mackenzie Davis's character Tully says like, "Listen, I'm here to take care of you. Mm-hmm. You know, the baby's important, but you." You know, you can't, you're the, you can't, what you say? You can't fix the parts without treating the whole. Yeah. Uh, which is followed by a funny punchline. But yeah. <laughs> and then also it was in that sequence, she was talking about how the baby's still, a lot of the baby's cells are still in her. Mm-hmm. Like essentially Charlie's Theron still is the baby. Right. Well, that was pretty interesting. Yeah. But then her role kind of expands and it's like, well, let's like, let's talk about the baby and let's talk about how you are, how are you and your husband? Like, yeah, it starts becoming therapeutic. Almost. And it gets a little bit, there's, there was a point where I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Is this cool? Like, would this really be as quick? Would this go as quickly as it? Exactly. Um, and uh, we'll leave that there, I guess, because yeah. that, that's probably spoilery too. At least what I would follow that up with as far as like made me start asking some questions. Yeah. So I th- that's probably about as far in the plot as we can get. Yeah, I think so too. I think the performances were great here. I think the direction this movie took and the dialogue in it and the entire tone of the film were really well done. I think Max is like, Trying to change my mind over here. How are you feeling about it? I'm starting to like it more. It's it, I don't yeah. know. I yeah. If movie Pass would let me, I'd probably go see it again. Uh, Callback. Yep. So I'm gonna I'm gonna rate this movie now and I'm gonna call this movie a solid I'm gonna give it an eight point two. Okay. Yeah. I think I think third act stuff gives me some issues that keep it from being a higher rating, but I do think the message is good and I'm gonna stick with eight point two. I'm gonna give it a seven flat. Okay. Deal. Which I still think is a respectable rating. It's an absolutely respectable rating. I think um, I already went over the things I didn't like about it. Uh, they were brief, you know. I think overall I did enjoy this movie. Yeah. I don't know if it's something I would maybe like rent at home. But I mean, if I could go see it with Movie Pass, I probably would again. Right. I might watch it again at home. It. I think it would merit that just to kind of reevaluate. There was a lot of interesting things you can look at once mm-hmm. you've seen the movie all the way through, like on a second watch. But... Definitely Mackenzie Davis stole the show. I think that yeah. she, she's going to have a phenomenal career. Yeah, if you don't know Mackenzie Davis, she got, uh, at least, I, she came onto my radar, and I think Johnny's from Black Mirror's San Junipero episode yep. in season one or two. I can't remember. I think it's two. Yeah, Maybe be. even three. No, it's not three. Okay. Um, And then she was also in Blade Runner 2049, so she's kind of been breaking into the big screen yeah. in the last couple of years. I recognized her first from Blade Runner. Yeah. But also, then it was, oh yeah, San Junipero, mm-hmm. totally. Yeah. But yeah, I think her and Saoirse Ronan are Saoirse like, Ronan's killing. those are going to be the next yeah. two actresses that you should really be paying attention yeah, for to. for sure. I can't wait to see what either of them do next. Yeah. Um, on our last break, we decided we decided that we were going to do a bonus beer. How are we doing for time? Should we just skip it? Do you want to? I mean, look, I'd like to at least mention it once I learned about it a little bit. I think we should give it All a right, nod because yeah. we're drinking it. Yeah. yeah, we're drinking it. We have we have three beers from, from Evans Brewing. Is it Evans Brewing? Com- yeah. Evans yeah. Brewing Company. Uh, and we were going to just do one to have in the middle section, but we're going to talk about it a little bit because 
Uh, unbeknownst to Unst, it's been very highly lauded. Lauded? Lauded. Lauded. And not only has it been highly lauded in general, it was lauded by those people who were at the thing that Johnny was at in Tennessee. Oh, yeah, that's right. We talked about that. The World Beer Cup. Right. So we're covering their chocolate porter now. And we're not we're covering. This probably won't even make it into the episode description. Because uh, no. I think we're going to go for just like a minute or two here. Are you guys ready? Bonus beer. Bonus. 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 Bonus beer. Bonus. Bonus. Anyways. Um. Yes. Bone. Chocolate Porter. <laughs> uh, Johnny, why don't you read what they have on their website? Yeah, Chocolate Porter from Evans Brewing Company. It's a chocolate espresso explosion. That's right, espresso. There's no X in that word. If you add an X to espresso, I'll punch you. He's off the script. That's not on yeah. the website. No, the that'd be great if it was. Uh, yes. Uh, chocolate espresso explosion. We create these flavors from selected grains producing a massive chocolate espresso taste that rolls over the tongue into a gentle finish with a hint of espresso. Chocolate aims to please those with a cocoa and espresso addiction. Yeah, this is the opposite end of the spectrum. We were talking 15 and a half IBUs. I can't think of the last time I've seen a half IBU. I haven't either. That's cute that they just added the half. Uh, It's 6.8%, which is higher than it feels. It's very thin. Yeah, I mean, it's a porter. Sure. So obviously don't judge it too harshly because it is a porter. But it's got great taste, man. I dig this a lot. Yeah, this is one of the two dark beers that I was able to find at the Craft Brewers Conference. It was a very hop-forward event, so it's really nice. I found these two, and it was awesome. I found them, and then I came back, and we could do them for the show. So Yeah, I mean, there's there's a nice dark chocolate slash espresso yeah. kind of taste that goes on for most of the tasting experience mm-hmm. here. Um, it is pretty thin as as porters go. I think it's pretty standard. Yeah, it's good for a porter. Mm-hmm. You know, it's you get all of that that bitter from the coffee. And also, it's got this underlying subtle sweetness. No, this is good, man. It doesn't really let anything take over as far as the bitterness. It really mellows out the bitterness with just enough sweetness to keep you like, mm, mm-hmm. that's nice. Yeah, we, and I think, too, like the opposite of our first beer, it starts sweet, or it starts bitter and then it goes to sweetness. Yeah, and it starts almost like a bitter chocolate malt ball. Yeah, Or sure. like a chocolate-covered espresso bean. There you go, that's what I was going to say. But yeah, but then it mellows out to like more of a, a sweet milk chocolate kind of taste and that's re- and it makes you reach again it's like oh maybe there it is and then yeah the bitter and the, it's the, a big cycle of deliciousness and the nose on it oh yeah actually it's phenomenal this beer smells great yeah i mean this is good man maybe, yeah maybe we should put this in the episode i, I mean i'm just will. gonna literally i'm gonna write evans brewing so we'll let's include this shall we we should definitely this is good this is one and especially guys at three bucks a can for a single at spikes at spikes boom this is a really great beer for three bucks a can uh, this is one of the better porters that i think we've ever done oh yeah I think so. I it's, mean, it's it's a very good porter. That's true. It, it's exemplary for a porter. I mean, it's everything I want as far as the amount. It's not too sweet, but it's not too bitter. It just strikes a really nice balance because a lot of times you put coffee in a porter because they're so thin, the coffee can just take over. Just overwhelms for and it's, sure. It's like you're just drinking like a cold brew or something. Also, I really appreciate the fact that this isn't like a super adjunct heavy porter. Yeah. I feel like a lot of the time, not so quality porters will mask that with vanilla maple porter yeah or just way too much chocolate yeah like so i think this is very well balanced it's not overstated anywhere yeah i saw the can and i immediately thought like this is going to taste like hershey syrup for sure i could see because i mean the can this was the very first beer i had from them and the can looks like super cartoony Mm -hmm. i'm like this is going to be like a gimmicky chocolatey beer and the liquid completely changed my mind on that yeah uh and and to go back to what you were saying, as far as the awards that it's won, this actually won gold at the World Beer Cup way back in 2002. So they've been brewing this a while. Yeah, I didn't realize they've been around for so long. I mean, we've only gotten distribution of them within the last month or two. 
Right. So they're relatively new to this area, but obviously they've been around for, for quite a while. And everything I've had from them has been really good. Right. Uh, it won a bronze and a bronze again in 12 and 14 at the World Beer Cup. And it won a bronze in 15 in the LA International Competition. So it's been relevant for well over a, a decade, decade. A decade and a half. Yeah. yeah. This is, yeah, this is solid, man. Yeah. I would definitely go out and grab a four pack of this. Mm-hmm. It's really affordable, really quality beer. Yep. I've got my out of 10. Do you? Yeah, this is like a eight five. I said eight five as well. What? Mine's already on the paper. Oh so. snap! Yeah, it's a really solid porter. No, I like it a lot. Um, that's yeah. No, it's it's great. I might try to go grab some more before I uh, go to an event where I bring beers. You should. That'd be fun. This is, this is tight. I like yeah, it a lot. And the, it's a great label. It's it just when you buy a can like this. I mean, just something with a cool label and cool packaging. It just makes you enjoy the beer a little bit more. Yeah, for sure. I think um, marketing triggers yeah, the brain. No, definitely. Should we take a break? Uh, yeah, let's. I'm gonna. I'm gonna try to harp on this one more time. I'm gonna do this more often. I think if you have a chance to try this beer or see Tully, you should let us know. Again, we'd like to hear from you. No, we're not joking. We're at the, all the places we said right before the last break at Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all at Fresh Hop Cinema, or you can email us at fhccast oh, yeah. at gmail.com. You can be like Nick Land if you want to be as cool as Nick Mother F and Land. Yeah, so we'd love to hear from you. If you uh, haven't seen Tully yet and you don't want any spoilers, avoid the danger zone until you see it. Because that's where we're going to go when we come back. We're going to come back with our third and final beer, which is a stout from Evans Brewing. Um, So please do stick around if you can. And we'll be right back. So in case you want to go out and grab these delicious beers that we are drinking and talk about them with us, you should go to Spike's Bottle Shop and check them out. They have got the largest selection, maybe in the world, of craft beer. And they've also got a little bit of liquor, a little bit of wine. They've got a special promo for people that listen to this show. That's right. And they are here in Chico at 1270 East First Avenue, right off the freeway. And that promo is you get 10% off for listening to this show, which is a crazy deal. You just go in, pick out whatever you want to buy. You could get the liquor that he was talking about or the wine or beer. Say, I listen to Fresh Hop Cinema. Use our secret passcode, FHC. Uh, check out Evans Brewing Co. like we've been covering. Buy their stuff, drink it, and tweet us. Yeah, again, Spike's Bottle Shop, FHC, 10% off. Do it. Once again, you've arrived in the danger zone. Congratulations. Danger zone. Congratulations on making it this far. I wanted to sing under you. Oh, I feel like our try it again. Okay. Welcome to the danger, danger zone. zone. Most people don't make it this far. This is a path for champions only. Yes. Uh, many have lost their way and true, perished. True achievers only. And they have met face to face with the opposite of their creator, the devil. Their death. And they have shouted at him. In a cave. Is it shout or is it stout? Shout. No, it's stout. Uh, stout, okay, because it's like the song. It's an homage to the Motley Crue song. Phil, these people know what we're talking about. Shout at the devil! <laughs> Motley Crue, yeah, it's Motley Crue. Yeah, Motley Crue did a famous song called Shout at the Devil, and this brewer, brewer, this bur- this, this bur- bur- hey man, we've been drinking beers, all right? Did a famous beer called Stout at the Devil. Yeah, it's famous. Right, so this is Evans Brewing again, out of Irvine, and we are going to embark upon their 10% Imperial Stout. That is also only $3 a can. Which is wild. That's but, just, well, we haven't tasted it yet. Maybe it's garbage. I've had but it. It's good. Also, is it three or four? Three or four dull hairs. I think I'm it sorry, it's four. Okay, cool. Just checking. Um, so I'm going to read this description while Johnny uh, invades his senses with it. Yeah. And it says on, on their website, evansbrewingco.com, the beer that now worketh in connoisseur of disobedience, which I think grammatically is not correct. Stout of the Devil's silky smooth body will trick you into falling for the forbidden beer. Rich and demonic, Stout at the Devil has chocolatey and roasty flavors with notes of coffee, dark fruit, and toffee. So come now, children of the yeast. Uh, <laughs> sounds gross. <laughs> Be strong and Stout at the Devil. Oh, it's a take on Children of the Beast. Or Children of the Corn, but probably you're right. 
You sounds like you're right. Yeah. Uh, so like we said, it's a 10% stout. It's got 40 IBUs, so somewhere in the middle of what we've been covering this episode. Mm-hmm. Johnny, what do you think? This beer is wild, man. This really is um, a different take on a stout. Really? Yeah. This does not taste like your average, just regular stout. There's something in that that has, it's got a little bit more body, and it's got this weird, almost savory, not like soy sauce, but like a weird, like almost like black licorice that just gives it like an extra something. It doesn't say like anise. A little bit of anise. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Wow. That is, okay. It's It's good. interesting. You like it? Yeah. I don't think I like it, but I do think it's interesting. It's it's weird. It's got la- like something in it. It's almost tastes like liquor too. It's got yeah. It's like got a, that kind of like the burny kind of mouthfeel afterwards. Yeah. And the the taste. It almost tastes like tequila. Yeah, sure, dude. That, it's got like sweetness to it. Yeah, hmm. that sweet liquor taste of tequila, dude. That's what it is. It kind of reminds me of tequila. I don't know, man. I get a little bit of old shoe when I smell it. I'm I not see that. Do you get that? I don't know. My sniffer's all fucked up. That's true. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, danger zone. <laughs> So, everybody's heard it, but we're covering the movie with spoilers. Johnny can swear now. Yes. It's all good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I can swear the whole time. Mike just likes to beat me. Yeah, he we, tried to bleep out damn earlier. Well, we compromised and we just cut out We cut out a word, and it was a word you've never heard before, so we just cut it out. It's If you could even hear what that word was, you it would have blown your mind, but we bleeped it so you'll never know. I was making up new cuss words. So I we, learned it in the South. So now we've only had two bleeps this episode, which is like... A fourth of what we had last episode. I was off the rail. I was on medication. Yeah, last that's time. what I was saying. Like you were. I, yeah, I was the new Kanye last week. Have you heard his new song? I'm not gonna listen to Kanye's new song. It's hilarious. I hate that guy. It's oh, I do too. But oh, it's, he's sure. he's the, the song is it's hilarious. All right, I'm acting like I'm on the medication again. Yep, sorry, I am too. That's, <laughs> the medication is alcohol. Oh man, uh, Stout of the Devil. Yeah, this Evans Brewing. What do you think? It's we, it's not what you expect. No. It's, so like when you see a can that says 10% stout, this is not what you think. For no. sure you're correct in that. No, it's definitely not. It's also super lighter. It's definitely, it looks more like a Coca-Cola. If you look, especially if you look at like on the brim of the can there. Oh yeah. Like it's not like a big oily viscous looking stout like you might see in a 1050 or a, you know. Have you ever had moonshine? No, not not proper moonshine. This tastes like, it's got that sweet, that corn sweetness mm, almost. Yeah, sure. Um. Wow, this is wonky, man. I definitely prefer the chocolate porter. Oh, for sure. Like double. Yeah, this this beer has won no awards, which I feel like <laughs> we should point out. Yeah. And because some of the beers have won several awards. Yeah, this one has not. This one's, there's something in it that's just off. Yeah. And I remember drinking it in Nashville, and I remember it was good. And mm. it was more like just a real traditional stout. Mm. Um, this is uh, This is a little different. Definitely a little wonk to it. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not a fan. Are you a fan? Uh, well, I hate tequila, so oh, the really? fact that it reminds me of tequila That's at all good. kind of turns my belly into gurgles places. Yep. No, I don't like Classic that. Classic bubble gut. Yeah. I don't know, man. I've got my number down. Uh, yeah, it's not. It's just there's yeah that 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 weird flavor is not. I'm, I can see how maybe somebody would like it, but it does kind of seem soy saucy to me. It could be a little soy sauce. It's just. It's like it has one ingredient that it didn't need or something. Yeah. You know? Uh, it's real middle of the road for me. I'm going to give it a solid just flat five. Nice, dude. I gave it a four. Okay. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. not a bad stout. It borders bad for me. It's 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 tickling the line. If it were like a regular non-imperial stout, if it were 8% or less, I could maybe fudge with it. But I don't know. 
It's there's something something really throwing me off about it. I'm so much so that I don't think I'm going to finish it, and I feel bad ending our beers of theirs on this. But uh, well, the first two kicked ass. Yeah, Evans, if you're if you're listening, which I know you are too. Like those those were those were tight as hell. But mm-hmm. this one, I'm not feeling at all. And maybe maybe we are getting a weird can. Like maybe the batch you had in Tennessee was representative of the beer generally. It could be, and we just got a weird one. That's always possible. It's very possible. Packaged on three nineteen, so it's not old. It's not too old, yeah. Especially for stout. Well, I'm gonna have to get another can. Sure, just try it out again. Four bucks at Spikes. Yeah, not gonna not gonna break your bank. It's a very low risk investment. Unless like you're like, should I spend four bucks on this or four bucks on Patreon for Fresh Up Cinema? And probably go Patreon because we'll have one of these at the shares. You can just try it then. That's a much better, smarter idea. Bang for buck. Did you just do that? Hashtag. You just did that. With my hands. I love it. You made a little <laughs> fucking hashtag. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, you know. So I think that's it for Evans. Uh, yeah. The first two we preferred. Uh, you try the stout. Try all three. Sure, try all three. And I know we're beating a dead horse, but what else are you going to do with a dead horse besides eat it? Or beat it. No, you, beat it, then eat it. You tenderize. You got to tenderize. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Uh, you know you, I've eaten a horse? I did not know that, nor well, did I need to. Not a whole horse. Oh, okay. Uh, but good. I've had horse meat. That's weird. How'd you get that? Taco truck. You didn't get a horse taco at a taco truck. Where are you shopping for tacos, Don't my worry about it, man. No, and then there's been Mexican restaurants that were like, it's not on the menu, but we slaughtered a horse. That's fucking weird. Yeah, it's very weird. And I was like, obviously, I'm going to try it. Well, that's, I guess, yeah. It doesn't taste any different. What if they're like human meat? You want to try that? Uh, I mean, depending on the cut. I mean. Sure. If it's a good, like a good thigh. Yeah. Definitely. But I don't want like, like ankle. You know about fishing, right? I'm going to do this. Yeah. Yeah. You're reeling in? Just reel it in. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Because uh, we got a few minutes. I'd love to touch on Tully just a little bit. Yes. Before. We need to get to that and not eating horses. Sure. Yeah. Oh, no. Beating a dead horse. Yes. Try all these beers. Sure. We really want to interact with you about them. Yes. Trying to make this an interactive podcast. Yeah. It is It is uh, one of the more fun things. Like when we get emails like we talked about from Nick or when the hundreds tweets at us. It's, it's a real fun thing. It's because it's if we didn't know any better, sometimes we could just be talking into these microphones for no good reason. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to break it down or bribe you any more simply than this. If you tweet us about the beers, we will mention you on the show. Oh, for sure. So it's if you're into that, that's sim- the cool thing. Simple as that. You want to get involved with this show? Yeah. Get start on the, there. Get on the social media. Let's talk about Tully. Yeah. So Tully, um, spoiler stuff. I So I just think, again, we're just assuming you've seen Tully at this point. So we know about the spoiler at the end. Uh, Mackenzie Davis's character of Tully is an incarnation of of Charlize Theron's imagination slash, you know, mental issues from having this third baby. Yeah. Kind of tied in with postpartum depression. She, it's like her body's mechanism of, like, dealing with the stress. It's like a trauma response. Yeah, so you see a scene where she looks, you know what? You know, she calls her, but she doesn't call her, obviously. Yeah. She's in the parking lot of the school after her son Jonah's been dismissed, and she's mm-hmm. like, I'm going to call her. She doesn't call her, uh, clearly. So then Mackenzie Davis comes in. So I think this movie was was interesting because of the thing that I mentioned earlier. Like I told you, some people are mad about how it deals with mental illness, and some people praise how it deals with the reality of being a mother. So what are people's complaints as far as the mental health? Well, stuff? they just kind of glaze over it. Like the the comedy in this movie is based upon this um, this problem, this very real issue that a lot of mothers have dealing with with having a baby. Yeah. Um, so I think it's just some degree of insensitivity or not enough attention paid to, cause, cause you get this revelation granted it's kind of been hinted at throughout the movie, but, but it's, it really is like, nope, she's not real in like the last 10 minutes. Yeah. 
Um, so I think some people are arguing that it's not addressed properly or well, enough. I think you can look at that from a way of looking for something to be offended about, or you could look at it from a perspective that that's an accurate representation of about how much people acknowledge and put time into working on their own mental health in this country. Right. It's so minimal. Yeah. So I was thinking too, I was trying to process those two different kinds of schools of thoughts. And yeah. I thought maybe, maybe you could read it as like, um, the, the lack of talking of kind of what you're saying, the lack of talking about this as a mental illness is a nod to how we handle it in society. Like women go exactly. through this and it's maybe not as black and white as having a fully realized fictional person come in, but uh, hallucination, like yeah, fight club style. Right. Exactly. But no, it could definitely, in my opinion, it was nodding to the fact that we don't talk about this enough, sure. whether it's postpartum or just regular depression or yeah. anxiety or anything. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And, and when you say it like that, I think, I think the argument is like from, from the people that are more offended by this is, is that they spend so much time dwelling on the physical, tangible things of this pregnancy and of, of a new baby, like again, spilling the breast milk or being stressed or dealing with the principal at school. Um, and so little time recovering from the realization that this was all maybe a preventable mental incapacity thing. Yeah. But this movie wasn't about that part of her journey. Totally. You know, this movie was, and it really showed on, on Charlize Theron's face. Like mm. it wasn't just all this stuff was happening. You saw it like chip away at her. Like, yeah. a, you know what I mean? You saw it in her face and her demeanor. She was just slowly like giving up and checking out. Yeah. You could see in the movie, she was just done. Yeah. And I think I, that's a kind of common theme. Like you mentioned fight club. Um, spoiler alerts for Fire Club, I guess. Yeah, you know, um, Tyler Durden is born out of this very stressful kind of kind of convergence of moments mm -hmm. where where Edward Norton's character can't take it anymore. Yep, and that's what happens with Charlize Theron. She's she's exactly son's been quote unquote expelled from the school, and she's is done. Yeah, and there's mental break, and then this new persona is born. That scene where. She goes off on the the principal. Oh of the school. yeah, she's like, "This is how I am every day," and you just never fucking see yeah. it. Yeah, and she's like, "Just say what you mean. You yeah. hate my retarded kid." Yeah, dude. And it's like, oh, Oof, yeah. that scene was so powerful. So that's what I'm like. I think her performance was great. Also, performance wise, um, her husband, uh, is he the eyebrows guy? He didn't yeah. like eyebrows. Sure, eyebrows that's, McGee. That's um, and the very final scene, like we do, kind of deal with this because yeah. he, as her husband, who's kind of not helpful. Yeah. Um, to be delicate, um, kind of comes to her and, and he's just like, I don't want like, fuck this. I just want, um, I want you and I want you to be okay. Yeah. Um, and like he's dealing with some crazy guilt cause like probably could have seen this. Yeah. Well, and, and this, the, the, the whole movie culminated in a car crash. Yes. And the car crash happened because Marlo's character was out drinking and driving you know, with her, as it turns out by herself, turns out, yeah, with her imaginary yeah, friend right, slash by herself. Right. And, you know, with, uh, with all mental health journeys, there requires a rock bottom. At some point you have to acknowledge that you need help. Yeah. And this was kind of like her journey to that bottom. Yeah, totally. So, I mean, for people to get upset about her not dealing with it, it was like, it's, it's like they just didn't get to that part of her story yet. I feel yeah. like this is the first part that sucks that people were offended by that. Yeah. It's so interesting that, I mean, they basically say that Tully is because Tully, we find out it was Charlize Theron's maiden name. Yeah. Um. So this is basically just a a younger version of her. 
and then she kind of revitalized. It's like the version of her that was hopeful about the world and had mm-hmm. tons of energy and could could deal with this. Yeah. Um. Also, we have that kind of the the bisexuality angle of this, where she meets that gal in the coffee shop. Mm. I can't think of her name, but on that drunken yeah, night goes that she back used to, to be to, with goes back to try to find her apartment, mm-hmm. and then Tully's like, "I can't let you go in there," which is her telling herself like, you "This can't. isn't my life." We need to get back to reality. Also, like the themes of the mermaids and those artistic shots in mm-hmm. the water, very shape of watery. Yeah. Um, were really nice. And I was wondering where those were going. And I think they telegraphed it pretty early on that something was not normal. Mm-hmm. There was like this impending tone of the whole film. Like, like number one, Tully cannot be this amazing. Like, who is this person? What's her backstory? Yeah. And we do find, obviously, that she's not real. But I kind of caught those underwater, like mermaidy things as kind of a, a real trigger or not trigger but like a real indicator of depression Hmm. because a lot of people equate depression you know is to drowning because you don't have any control you're like stuck underwater so i mean i i really caught that as as an indicator as to her mental state oh i could see that i guess the the reason i didn't well didn't think that maybe but there was like the first one you saw i think there's like three of those scenes um and one is just a mermaid swimming across Mm -hmm. and the next is a very clearly a human kind of trying to swim Mm -hmm. and the third one is when the car crashes and then Mackenzie davis's character comes and is mermaiding up to the car Mm -hmm. and then they both swim their separate ways and one is human (coughs) and one is is mermaid Mm -hmm. um i thought and there's like mermaid themes throughout there's like the kids watching a show about mermaids like it's a cartoon that becomes mermaids there's like a party that's themed mermaid so i don't know what the mermaid thing is about maybe i should know more about what a mermaid is symbolic for but i just don't know that yeah there might be a metaphor there yeah i'm not sure about it i don't know i i I like this movie a lot (coughs) you know uh sherbert actually is pronounced sherbet or at the beginning of the episode i thought maybe i would drop a fun fact every time he coughed it's sherbet there's only one r so there you go and there's no x in espresso correct which i love that you dropped that because i like to tell people that it's a huge pet peeve it's espresso Um, anything else you want to cover um well, I just wanted to say that this movie was like a housewife postpartum version of Fight Club. For sure. I couldn't stop. <laughs> I was just like. Yeah. Yeah. Once you figured it out, it's like, that's what that is. Yeah. Oh, you're just ripping off Fight Club. But I do think it's nice to have this different angle because so often mothers in cinema are just, you know, either like house builders or maintainers or mm-hmm. just like sage wisdom nuggets that get thrown at the man in the movie. Or their background. Yeah, totally. And they have very little dimension to them. So I think. I don't know. I think this movie takes a takes a big step for a actually mostly just mothers in movies, mm-hmm. uh, which is another great segue. You're hearing this on the air after Mother's Day, so if day you haven't after. called your mother yet. Do it, damn it! <laughs> it's a day late, but do it it's now. Day late. Um, Speaking of women in film, yeah. Before we go, I want to drop you with the nugget. Yes, um, Patty Jenkins. Sure. Yeah, Wonder Woman, Monster, Charlize Theron, go. $9 million to direct Wonder Woman 2. Oh, yeah? One of the highest paid female directors in history. Uh, I might have spoken too quickly. Uh, Patty Jenkins directed Monster, which is a great, you made some great segues here. Yeah. Uh, Directed Monster with Charlize Theron. She won an Academy Award for that. Mm -hmm. Then she directed Wonder Woman. Mm -hmm. And that was the other movie she had directed since then. It's been like 15 years. Yeah. And you're saying she's gotten signed on for- Huge contract, $9 million. To direct Wonder Woman 2. Yeah. Super excited for her. Yeah. A giant leap for womankind. Hollywood's going to get a lot better in the next five years. I think so, too. So, Let's end on that. I think that sounds good. Um, this has been a good episode. For Patreon people, we know that we've been slacking on our bonus content. Um, but like we said earlier, Johnny's been out of town. I've been real busy. Um, so do expect some more stuff coming your way uh, this week. Your six fantastic facts and your bonus 10 spots will be back to normal. Yeah. And if you're not listening um, or you're listening and you're not a Patreon member. You don't know what we're talking about. Yeah. But- 
There's bonus stuff, and it's fun. I think it's fun. Yeah, you could be getting an extra half hour of, of content every week. One cup of coffee a month, everybody. Or don't, one beer. Or, or one, two movie tickets. One, one of these cans of beer. Yeah. Uh, that feels good, though. I think we should end as well. Yeah, this has been a good episode. So yeah. this has been Evans Brewing, the movie Tully, and that's Max. I, that's Johnny. And together we're Fresh Hop Cinema, yeah. and this episode is wrapped. This is Fresh Hot Cinema.